welcome. And I'm looking forward to what God wants to do here this morning. Amen. So, this morning I'd like to start off telling you a bit of a story. Um, there was a man by the name of Truett Cathy, an American who, who worked in the food industry pretty much his entire life. And um, as a young man, he worked in the food industry. And if anyone's ever worked in the food industry, you'll know that the hours are grueling. They're ridiculous. Uh, it's pretty much flat out all day long, seven days a week. And uh, Truett Cathy, he, he worked in the f- food industry. And at some point, he, he, he realized there's got to be a better way to do this. So he left the food industry and he essentially started a fast food chain that we don't have in this country, but it's pretty big in the States. It's called Chick-fil-A. Um, and he opened the doors of the first Chick-fil-A for the first time in 1967. Now, Truett C- Cathy was a, um, he was a believer. He was a, he was a real man of God. And he saw an imbalance in his work, in his, in his previous workplace. So when he started Chick-fil-A, he decided to do things a little differently. And ultimately, if you know anything about fast food chains, Sundays are your busiest day. Sundays is the busiest day. Why? Because people don't want to cook on a Sunday. Isn't that the truth? Think about your own lives right now. Okay, there we go. Yeah. All right, so with Sundays being the busiest day, Truett Cathy did the most ridiculous thing. He set a principle within Chick-fil-A that they will not open their doors on Sunday. They'll take a day of rest. Now, on a business model, that makes no sense. But he wasn't looking at a business principle. He was looking at a godly principle. Here's what, what, what one of their slogans are. See, Truett Cathy saw the importance of being closed on a Sunday. And, and, and here's what, what he, um, one of their slogans is. It says this, it's, it's not about being closed, it's about how we use that time. It's not about being closed, it's about how we use that time. And his heart behind closing on a Sunday was this. I want to give myself and I want to give my staff the space, the opportunity, the time to worship and rest. That's what I want to do. Why? Because I believe it's a biblical principle. So, since 1967, they have not opened their doors on a Sunday. They open six days of the week, but if you're looking for a chicken sandwich... You will not find one at Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. You will have to go to KFC. Now, the interesting thing is if you look on a business side of things, Chick-fil-A have half the stores of KFC. They've got half the stores of McDonald's. On average, KFC outlets, the average KFC outlet in the United States makes a profit of a million dollars a year. The, the, the average McDonald's outlet makes an average of $2 million a year. The average 
Chick-fil-A outlet makes an average profit of $4.4 million a year. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. They closed on the busiest day of the, of the week. How's that possible? Truett Cathy made a commitment to honor God. And God honored that commitment. Ramon, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that God can do more with six days of the week than what we can do with seven. Same, same applies with our giving. God can do more with 90% of our income than what we can do with 100% of our income. You see, Stuart, um, Truett, Kathy, I'm just going to call him Mr. Kathy so I don't trip myself up. Is that good? So Mr. Kathy, he, he essentially put principles, godly principles at work in his life. What about us? See, these principles, I believe that they will work for your health. They will work for your family. They will work for your business. Now, as you know, we've been, we've been talking around uh, coming back to basics and, and principles for successful living now for the past couple of weeks. And week one, we spoke around the principle of putting God first. Ensuring that we put God first in our lives. Then week two, we spoke about, about getting rid of everything that may have taken God's place. Getting rid of the idols in our lives. Thirdly, last week, we spoke around carrying God's name with honor. If you missed that message out of all three, I really want to say to you, go and get that on podcast. We even lost power and our guys pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Well done to them. We got the whole thing on podcast. It's a minor miracle. But as we look at these three principles, and then we look at the, the story of Chick-fil-A and Mr. Kathy, I believe that we can see these three principles at work in a simple success story. But, but yet there was, a, there was a bigger principle that Mr. Kathy also applied. And that is essentially our principle for successful living for today. Found in the same place, Exodus 20, in the um, Ten Commandments. And it's the fourth commandment. And it says this, Exodus 20 verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Two things there that jump out at me. Remember and keep. Remember and keep. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Now, if we're honest, most of us don't have many issues with the Ten Commandments. Let's be honest. We read through them and we think, yes, I shouldn't murder. I shouldn't steal. I shouldn't run off with someone else's wife. I shouldn't do these things. I'm good with them. And then there's this one. And if we're honest... For the most part, we think that it's like a really good suggestion that we should take a day of rest. I know everyone actually is thinking that. Great suggestion. We should take a rest. Why don't we? Well, you see, Ramon, if I take a day of rest, it's really going to mess with my productivity. 
you know, I'm a business owner or, or I'm, I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder and I need to put in X amount of hours more than, than Joe because if I don't, then Joe's going to get the promotion and I'm not. So my pro- productivity and, and my future in the company and, 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 and the list goes on all hangs in the balance of this one really, really good suggestion. Then life falls apart and we blame God. (laughs) See folks, I I don't believe we have any idea how important this principle really is in our lives. I honestly don't believe that we, we quite grasp the gravity of this principle and how it uh, pertains to the future of our lives. We went and looked up some, some, some medical stats and, and just looked at the effects of stress and, and, and what it does to us. Uh, how's this? 43% of all adults suffer adverse health, health effects from stress. 43%, almost half of all adults. This one was frightening. 75% of all doctors' office visits are for stress-related ailments. 75% of people that walk into a doctor's room are there because they're overstressed. And, and, and the issues created by stress are headaches, high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, skin conditions, asthma, arthritis, depression, anxiety. But I've got to keep my productivity up. It said that stress cost the American industry $300 billion a year. How's that productivity looking right now? All because we insist on ignoring to remember and to keep a day of rest. Now, you may be sitting there going, you know, Ramon, I've actually read some stuff with regards to the Sabbath, you know, and I know that it's not a Sunday. <laughs> Got you there. It's actually a Saturday. Now, you sitting there going, I never knew that. Now, which one is it? Is it a f- Sunday or Saturday? Because now I'm confused. So, which is it, Saturday or Sunday? And the answer is yes. It's true. Old Testament, the Sabbath was the last day of the week, the Saturday. Yet when we meet up with the New Testament believers in the book of Acts, they chose to honor the day where the most significant thing in history happened, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And folks, to this day, that is the most significant day in our history, that is still the most significant um, moment in history. Why? Because it changed the game for you and it changed the game for me. It changed our lives. So as a result, we've observed, observed Sunday as a day of rest and worship. Here's what I want to say. The day is an important 
the fact that it happens is. You see, believe it or not, Sunday is not my day of rest. Sunday is probably one of the most busy days of my week. So I'd be failing if Sunday was my day of rest. So I take Monday. So if you've tried to phone me or text me on a Monday, you've had no joy. Now you know why. But I generally get back to you on Tuesday morning. Why? Because my phone's either lying next to my bed and I'm playing with a family somewhere. Or my phone's just off. Why? Because I recognize the value of that rest. I recognize the importance of spending that time with my loved ones. You know, David said it this way. David said in Psalm 23, he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I'll have no want. Then he says this, he says, He makes me. Doesn't sound like a suggestion, does it? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The the New King James says, He restores my soul. He gives me strength. See, that is the overflow of, of this rest. That is the overflow of prioritizing this. Is that in that space, when we, when we give it to God, He comes and He restores our lives. He gives us fuel for the week. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Some of you may be going, what? New King James says it really, really well. Uh, Sorry, New Living Translation says it really well. It says this, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So he talks about two things there. He talks about the needs of the people and the requirements of the Sabbath. What's, what's our needs? What's our needs for that time? I believe that we are in need of three things in that moment. To stop, to worship, and to rest. To stop, to worship, and to rest. We'll get into those now, but, but he also spoke about the requirements. What are the requirements of the Sabbath? Well, you see, by the time we get to where Jesus is speaking here, by now, it's not just the Ten Commandments. The, there's a, a list of laws as long as all of our arms put together. But by now, there's 613 laws and the amount of those laws that actually pertain to this day of rest and, and to the Sabbath is ridiculous. And people had taken it to such extremes that they start having conversations like this. I kid you not, it's in scripture. On the Sabbath, should you spit or not? Very serious question this. Should we spit or not? You see, when I spit, my spit lands on the ground and it moves the earth. And as it moves the earth, that's plowing and it's work. And I'm not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Can we see the, that it's, it's not hard for us to miss the point completely? So what's the point? 
The point is to stop, to worship, and to rest. As we talk about this issue of stopping, I believe that what we're really talking about is making a conscious decision to disconnect from work and stress. A conscious decision. It's not going to happen automatically. We have to choose it. You see, folks, we've got six days in the week to do our emails, to make our phone calls. We've got six days in the week to, to push productivity, to get into meetings. We've got six days of the week to do the laundry and the housework and wash the car and the bike and wash the dogs. Your kids, you have to wash every day. But we've got six days in the week to do all that stuff. Take one day. Stop. Disconnect from all that stuff. Worship and rest. I want to say this to you, folks. So much hangs in the balance. Beyond your productivity, that has nothing on what really hangs in the balance. What really hangs in the balance? Your health and your family. That's what hangs in the balance. Your health and your family. You see, some people, and it's not gender specific, this crosses the gender barrier. Some people fall because of moral failure. They lose their family. Some, some people fall because of, of, of substance abuse. They lose their family. But folks, some of us fall because of work. Because of that being more important. Uh, even for myself within the church world. You know how easy it is to fall into that. Why? Because it seems legit. It seems good. It seems right. You're helping people. How can that be wrong? You've got six days in the week to help people. You've got six days in the work to, to, to care for your family, to put food on the table. Take one day and just stop, disconnect, worship, and rest. See, the enemy doesn't care which side of the spectrum you fall as long as you fall. Whether it's with substance or overworking, he doesn't care. As long as you fail in the things that matter the most. Now we're here today because we don't want to fail in the things that matter the most. And I believe that this is why God tells us to remember this day of rest. To remember this day of rest and to keep it set apart from the others. To regularly stop, play, and worship. To remember who we are and remember whose we are. So, what's of more value? My health and my family or my productivity? The second point here is this, this, this thing of worship. So we stop, we worship, and we rest. When it comes to worship... I've just come out of, a couple of us on our leadership have just come out of two days of, of a, a conference, leadership conference, where I literally got the chance to just sit and have other men just speak into, into my life. Now, I've got other men who do that on a far more regular basis. 
uh, but, but within a corporate setting to have a whole heap of other like-minded men and women and just sit and, and have someone else pour into my life, spend time in worship, spend time in corporate worship, corporate word, fellowship with, with, with people. By the time I got home last night, I, was, I, was, I could feel it. I was tired, but I was rejuvenated. It's the weirdest thing. This morning, I feel like I'm, like I'm pumped up to go for another year. Why? Because there's something specific, something significant that happens in corporate word, corporate worship, corporate spiritual disciplines. You see, folks, if I really want to be mature in Christ, if I really want to be mature in my walk with God, it's going to take two things. It's going to take spiritual disciplines, but it's going to take private spiritual disciplines, and it's going to take corporate spiritual disciplines. What do I mean? Privately, it's important for me to spend time with God in word, in prayer, in worship. But it says, love one another, care for one another. How many of you know I can't one another by myself? I can't. That's why corporate is so important. We need to spend time in corporate word, corporate worship, corporate prayer. It's vital to our growth. Whenever I engage with people and, and there's a lack of spiritual maturity, it's normally because one of these two things aren't happening. Either they're so focused on this thing of, of here's my private time with God, and that's all I do. I'm on this end of the scale, and all I do is private time with God. I spend time in word. I spend time in worship. I spend time in prayer. I go as far as that I'll, I'll you know, I, on a Sunday, I even watch some Christian TV station where some preacher speaks into my life, and that's my church, man, Shikandarai. You know what happens in that moment? You're not part of the body of Christ. You're the limb of Christ sitting on the couch. Sorry, I know it's hard, but it's the truth. And I know I'm preaching to the converted because you're actually sitting in church this morning. Well done. But even folks who, who are possibly listening to a podcast right now, just listening to the podcast doesn't cut it. Get yourself into a good church. A good church is still better than a great podcast. Can I repeat that? A good church is still better than a great podcast or a great sermon on TV. We need to get into Christian fellowship. The same can be said for this end of the spectrum, where we just do the corporate thing. All we do is we, we, we on Sunday, we are so stoked. We don't necessarily want to go connect with God ourselves, go up the mountain and go speak to God. No, we're just happy to come and listen to Moses once a week and just get the word straight from him. You know what I'm talking about. So it's just the corporate thing, but the private disciplines aren't happening in my life. Folks, when there's an imbalance there, it affects our spiritual maturity. If you really want to grow in God, if you really want to be the man or the woman that God has created you to be, what do you need to do? Hey, get into private spiritual disciplines, but don't forsake the corporate disciplines either. Both sides are so important to our maturity in Christ and us being who God created us to be. The book of Hebrews 10 verse 25 says it this way. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage each other. When we come here, 
Do we encourage each other? Not just from here. This isn't where all the ministry happens from. All the ministry doesn't just happen from here. From here. If you look to your left or to your right, that's where the ministry also happens. Our interaction with each other. Do we encourage each other? Do we speak into each other's lives? There is a critical need for this to happen corporately. The third thing is to rest. To rest. What is super important on a day of rest? <laughs> to rest. What does that mean? To spend time with your family. Spend time just loving your kids, playing with your kids. I find that when I'm at my busiest, this is probably one of the areas that speaks into my life the most. You see, what happens is, and I know I'm the, not the only one, even though we might not all agree, but when I'm at my busiest, I find that I tend to then neglect my family. The first place I pick it up in is my little boy. He turns two this week, shatters my world. But when I look at him, I, I think to myself, my goodness, here's this little guy and I'm, I'm responsible for him. And then I get busy and, and guess what happens? The only time I engage with him is when I discipline him. So then who does dad become? Dad becomes that mean guy. Then, then, then pictures come home from school. We're not there yet, so I'm trying to rectify this. <laughs> pictures come home from school and the whole family is drawn with a tree and the dog and the whole trip. And then there's this dragon in the picture. And it's like, this is mama, this is sister, this is the dog. Who's this? This dragon. It's dad. No. How did this happen? Folks. Fathers, mothers, take the time to play with your kids, to spend time with them. You see, when, when the only time that I interact with Zion is, is to discipline him, then there's a lack of love. Even though my heart is to love him and I want to see him grow up to be a man of God, uh, still, when I'm not putting the right love into his life, there's a lack of love when it comes to discipline. And when discipline is done without love, it becomes abuse. But, but if I really want to see that kid grow up to be the man that God has created him to be, then I better make sure that I play with him. Then I better make sure that, that the only time I engage with him isn't just when I'm disciplining him, but that that discipline is, a, in, is accompanied with a ton of playing and a ton of love, and engaging on that level. It's super important. Then our spouses. Guys, we need to, before I get on to the spouses, if your kids are a bit older, spend time talking to them. And very importantly, spend time listening to them. Because when you talk to your kid, and when you listen to your kid, without just giving them advice, but just listening to them. What's the message that they receive? I'm valuable. I'm loved. This parent actually gives a rip about what I think. Even though I'm 12. Doesn't matter. They love me. And we need to do the same with our spouses. We need to play. 
You know, wrestling with your kid and wrestling with your spouse looks very different. And it's a good thing. So wrestle. But also talk. And also listen. Communicate. I love you. You're valuable. You're valuable enough for me to switch off the TV and listen to what you have to say and engage with you. So when we talk about rest, we talk about spending that time together. At the same time, you need to do what fills your tank. Now, I don't have that much time, but I want to encourage you, go and, go and look uh, YouTube, just these words, dead leader running. Go YouTube, dead leader running. He goes into a full description of it. I'm going to give you an abbreviated version. Essentially, we all have a fuel tank that our lives run on. You have an input and you have a drain. We need to figure out in life, we need to go and assess what fills my tank and what drains my tank. See, if I just do all the things that drains my tank all the time, somewhere along the line, I'm going to break down. Somewhere along the line, I'm going to throw in the towel. Not because I'm evil, but because I'm frail. So tonight, go spend some time with your spouse. Chat. Hey, what fills your tank? What do I mean by that? Things that drain my tank. Email, WhatsApp groups, legitimately. Um, and certain meetings, certain meetings just drain me. So I know in my week, I've got to schedule times for that and deal with it. But then I've dealt with it. If I stay there, my family's going to have nothing left. Then I need to go and figure out, now what fills my tank? Spending time with my family, that fills my tank. Playing with my kid, that fills my tank. Chatting to my wife, that fills my tank. What drains your tank? What fills your tank? Go chat, go talk it through. And maybe you just need to start scheduling some time together to do things that fill your tank. So, stop, worship, rest. If stop, worship, and rest is like one point too many, I'd like to sum it up for you in these. Pray and play. When it comes to a day of rest, what's important to do on that day? Pray, spend time in spiritual disciplines, and play. Spend time with your family. Do things that fill your tank. Do things that fill their tank. Pray and play. Why is it important for us to pray and play? Well, we're talking about coming back to basics. We're talking about principles for successful living. I want to show you something. As we've worked through these principles, the first three principles, the first three commandments are have everything to do with our relationship with God, my relationship with God, your relationship with God. Put God first. Get rid of the idols. Carry his name with honor. My relationship with God, first three. Then the last six have everything to do with my relationship with other people. Fact. Then there's the fourth. The fourth command, the one that's a really good suggestion, not. 
That fourth suggestion, <clears throat> to create time to pray and play. It's really talking about connecting with God. That, that fourth command, that fourth principle is the bridge between loving God and loving people. It's the bridge between loving God and loving people. Why do I say that? And the worship team is welcome to come up. Why do I say that? Because if we consider, when, 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 I'm, when I pray and play, when I, when, I, when I set that day apart, whichever day of the week it is for you, when I set that day apart to just spend time with God, corporately and privately, spend time with my family, and I'm coming from a place of rest, then, then all of a sudden, my relationship with God, the primary relationship in my life, starts being healthy, alive, vibrant, flourishing. And it's from that place that every other relationship in my life is fed. You want a healthy marriage? Make sure your relationship with God is flying. You, you want to be the best co-worker that anyone could ask for. Make sure that you've prayed and played. That you've spent time with God. If you want to be the best next door neighbor, pray and play. If you want to be the best spouse, the best child, the best whatever, pray and play. See, because when my relationship with God is pumping, when my relationship with God is good and healthy and vibrant, then every other relationship in my life will feed from that point. The adverse is also true. When I haven't prayed and played, when I haven't prioritized this and, and set this time aside and set this day apart, then I function from a point of selfishness. I function from a point of irritation. And I function from a place of exhaustion. Why? Because I haven't prioritized this time. I haven't prioritized to pray and play. Jesus said it this way. He said, come to me. Come to me. All who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. The enemy will come to you and he'll lie to you. And he'll say, dude, if you follow that, it's just proving how lazy you are. If you follow that, your productivity is going to fall through the floor. If you do that, you're not actually taking care of the responsibilities in your life. If you do that, you'll never amount to anything. I want to say this to you folks. It's exactly that. Lies. They are lies from the pit of hell. And I believe that when we make decisions to honor God, God honors those decisions. When we make decisions that honor God, God 
honors those decisions. So, how do we gain this kind of relationship that feeds from God to all other relationships in our lives? Well, I believe it starts with taking care of it, prioritizing it, putting it first. I believe we take care of it, we prioritize it, we obey, we pick a day, and we pray and play. Father God, this morning we just thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word, Lord. That you said that if if we're tired and if we're heavy laden, Lord, if we're carrying heavy burdens, that we are to come to you. Lord, that you will give us rest, Lord. Lord, and as, as the psalmist through David, as, as David said to us, Lord, as he spoke into his relationship with you, Father God. Lord, that, that you give us these moments of rest, and in these moments of rest, you come and restore our souls. Father God, I thank you that this morning, your heart, your desire is for us to come and prioritize time with you and time with our families, Lord, to set one day aside. doesn't matter what day, but to just set one day aside, to set that day apart and to prioritize worship to you and rest for our souls. Father God, I thank you that as we make decisions that honor you, Lord, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you honor those decisions, Lord. Lord, I see it throughout Scripture, Lord. We see it through the incredible example here of Mr. Kathy and and Chick-fil-A. Where you come and do the impossible. You come and do what, what, what makes no sense, Lord. But because of decisions... To honor you, Lord, you came and honored decisions, honored family, honored business, Lord. Right now, you're sitting in your seat and you're processing everything that's been said. And you may be sitting there going, I need to make a couple of changes. I need to make a couple of changes. I want to challenge you with this. Don't let today end. Don't let this day finish without you sitting down with your spouse, with a friend. Maybe for now it's just with you and then later on being accountable. But someone needs to know about this. We all need to be held accountable. If you are married, I want to encourage you before the night is over, stop and go, okay, how do we prioritize this time? How do we prioritize this time? And then draw up that list. What empties my tank? What empties your tank? And what fills my tank and what fills your tank? Okay, how can we prioritize these things? How can we find the balance that we need there? Lord, I thank you that as couples go and do that at home tonight, as families do it, Lord, as individuals do it, Lord, I thank you that you will then give us the courage to follow through on those decisions day in and day out, Lord. And through your Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come and give us the grace that you give us the strength 
to follow through on decisions made here today. Lord, we love you. We commit ourselves to you. We commit this time to you. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. It was great having you here.